Claire Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 67th edition of Black Wall greetings, Street Today, sponsored greetings, by Abner Forum, greetings. Apex Financial, and Milestone Mental Health Agency. Uh, super excited to be with you all again this week. Uh, we spoke last week about the fact that January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and these tips are actually brought to you by Milestone Mental Health Agency. So according to the Office of Admin for Children and Families, there are approximately 10 ways that you can help end human trafficking. And I want to share those with you uh, since this is such an important issue. First, know the signs. Uh, oftentimes, individuals that are impacted by human trafficking are right in our midst. Uh, th- those signs include lack of control, poor physical health, poor mental health, or abnormal behavior, just to name a few. Second, report a tip. You can text the word HELP to be free, B-E-F-R-E-E. You can also continue to spread the word. Those videos that are posted and shared all over uh, social media are certainly helpful. The fourth thing is uh, think before you shop. Calculate your slavery footprint and know which goods may actually be produced by child or forced labor by visiting acf.hhs.gov. Again, that's acf.hhs.gov. Number five, tell your friends. The U.S. government has a zero tolerance policy as it relates to human trafficking. Um, so that's certainly that's something that they control for in uh, their workplaces. Number six, volunteer locally. Ask anti-trafficking organizations how it is that you can help. Number seven, stay informed by signing up for human trafficking alerts through the Department of Justice. Number eight, register for training. There are a number of national organizations that provide complimentary training to public health professionals. Certainly something to look into. Number nine, use your existing skills to write a story, uh, offer pro bono work. If you serve as an attorney or if you work in a school, consider proposing anti-trafficking protocols. And finally, number 10, raise your voice. Ask your representatives how they're addressing trafficking and let them know the needs of your community. Very important. So today's show actually focuses on business women throughout the African diaspora. Uh, our first guest is Miss Eunice Kofi Obing. She's making great strides in the cosmetic and pharmaceutical industries. She's the president and chief cosmetic chemist of Nueki, an innovative health and beauty company for people of color. Nueki actually specializes in utilizing their proficiency in combining traditional African medicine and modern science to develop products and services to meet the needs of people of color. She's a recipient of many honors and awards for her work, and she's been featured in several noteworthy publications. Her deep commitment to social causes worldwide has led her to make a positive impact across the globe, specifically in Ghana and the Philippines. Eunice is a graduate of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, also known as FAMU, with a Bachelor of Science degree in Chemistry and Molecular Biology. She's also a graduate of the University of Cincinnati, uh, James L. Winkle's College of Pharmacy there with a Master's of Science in Pharmaceutical 
Sciences with an emphasis in cosmetic science, and she has completed the Harvard Kennedy School of Government Global Leadership and Public Policy Executive Education Program. Wow, that was a mouthful. Let's welcome Miss Eunice to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute honor. <laughs> First, just thank you so much for your work and your willingness to kind of give back via this platform. It means a lot. Oh, I'm, I'm just overjoyed just to be able to do the work and be able to help others. Yeah, so we've got to talk about this work, though. So. Yeah. It's not always the case that we're able to kind of carry out that that thing that we say we want to do when we grow up. Mm-hmm. Was that the case for you? Did you know that um, this was what you had? A- I've always been very entrepreneurial as okay. a kid. Um, I remember um, in um, elementary school, my best friend and I starting our first business together. And I've always been someone that's been into science. And so I just... I knew that eventually, somewhere down the road, that I it would have happen. my own. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so what business did you start as a child? As so a my best friend and I, we had a, a company called Eunice and Nancy's Handicrafts. We were great at crafts. So wow. we would, um, I would make hair bows and she would make um, bookmarks and things. And we would sell that at school. Uh, my mom would sell the products for us. Her dad would sell the products uh, to his co-workers as well. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. We had a catalog. Really? Yeah. So y'all yeah. were doing entrepreneurship at a high level. It, we were trying to, yes. As little people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about what age were you when you started that business? Um, I, we were about eight or nine, year, nine years old. And how long yeah. did it continue? We did it up until sixth grade. Wow, yeah. that's awesome mm-hmm. to have had longevity, yeah. <laughs> right? As well as, yeah. oh, I love it, yeah. beautiful. So let's talk about, let's let's go from there. Okay. What's the story? Was it something that was sparked in undergrad as far uh-huh. as getting Nweki off the ground? Or how I did we get say, to this point? Um, getting Nweki off the ground was something that started as a kid. Um, um, I tell people about my story where I was constantly picked on because of my dark skin. So what saved me was my father introducing me to science. Okay. And he helped me to enter my first science fair and I won. And it helped me to build confidence in myself Mm -hmm. where, you know, I knew that if I wasn't accepted by my classmates as the most prettiest in the room, I will be the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And so I just continued on and went to college and I majored in chemistry, molecular biology and a chance meeting with a professor who taught us how to make hair relaxers and lotions instead of just doing the regular organic labs that were assigned to us by our wow. department. Something practical. Okay. So, yeah, and, and I, I just really got really, really into it. Um, he um, allowed me to do research with him and the department allowed me to use it towards my degree. And that was when I really started to see that there was a real need for more clinical grade, medical grade products that actually treated the common skin and hair disorders that we had. Mm-hmm. So um, so even then, did you know that you wanted to focus on the black community or? Yeah, I definitely knew okay. that at that point because wow. um, I realized in um, formulated products, I saw that there were other um, brands on the market, the big mass brands, they didn't um, focus in on 
um, people of color. They didn't mm-hmm. focus on black skin mm-hmm. and other um, ranges within uh, that the population. And so I said, you know what? There's definitely a need there. This is something that I want to do. So I went ahead and incorporated the company just to protect the name while I was a, um, I think I was, yeah, I was a sophomore, I believe. I was about 21, wow. 22 when I did that. And I said, okay, I know this is something that I'm going to do later on down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, after I graduated college, I worked in other sectors. And then it got to a point um, several years ago where I realized I wasn't happy okay. on the job. And I said, you know what? This is the best time for me to do this if I'm ever going to do it. Let mm-hmm. me just go full time and, and just see what happens. So glad you did that. That ends up being the case for a lot of us, especially black women. We find that we're not going to make the progress that we really want to make. Exactly. You know, until it's like, okay, let's jump into entrepreneurship. A lot of us do it without having success. But in your case, you know, you you found something. Yeah. So super cool. Yeah. So what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I agree with you. I feel like a a lot of African-American women are stressed on these jobs Mm -hmm. because of different types of things microaggressions and Mm -hmm. I just feel like the you know the new wave is for we have we're so talented and I feel like the new wave is for us to transition out of those jobs because I think those jobs are causing a lot of issues health-wise for us mental uh it's affecting our mental health and it's just not worth it in the end when you look back and you say you know, was it worth being on that job to deal with those types of stressors? You know, why not I take the skills that I have and create something mm-hmm. that not only benefits me, but also my community and the world around me? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kind of said it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to hear more about your journey from sort of theoretical to practical. So you had that yeah. that lab experience. You yeah. knew what you were doing as far as the chemicals. Yeah. But when you talk about entering the world of business, uh-huh. now we got to think through patenting, distribution, yeah. funding, marketing. Yeah. Talk us through that because this platform is really all about education. Like, yeah. I love yeah. the inspiration. That's a given. Yeah. But the how part, like in, in what order uh-huh. did you kind of make this thing happen? So while I was a student at FAMU, um, I actually took some business classes. So what I oh, did good. was I took a, an accounting course and then um, FAMU has the small business development center. So I would take those free classes as well. Good. And I love to read. So I just got a lot of business books. Um, one of them was the Black Enterprise um, book. Um, another one, um, I can't remember the woman's name, but it was a a business book for black women. Okay. Um, okay. And um, I used those books to help me start developing a business plan and um, understand marketing and sales a little bit better. Um, I also, you know, utilized the consultants at the Small Business Development Center mm-hmm. um, just to ask questions, get feedback on what I, what I was doing. But I really tried to utilize a lot of what was available locally Mm -hmm. to learn more about business. Now, what I couldn't find locally, you know, of course, Google is your friend. I used Google, read a lot of articles online, and then I found programs and things that were geared towards those that were in the beauty industry. So I started going to conferences, um, business conferences like Black Enterprise, 
business conference. Yeah. Did you um, go to the Women's Summit ever? No, I've never been to the Coming Women's up, Summit. I think you yeah. <laughs> so I, I really tried to, you know, utilize what I what I could find. Mm-hmm. And I talked to people. Um, and over the years, I've been able to find, um, you know, industry magazines that have been able to give me uh, quite a bit of insight about business. Good. I love that. We had a debate, uh, a three-part debate on this show about mm-hmm. the relevance of business education for entrepreneurs. Oh, it's important. Gotta it's have it, right? Whether it's, it's formal, formal or informal, informal. it's yeah. a must. Yeah. So, okay, so you got the education, and then when it came time to actually develop your product and, and mm-hmm. get it packaged, what mm-hmm. did that look like? Um, so I, I had to teach myself that as well. Yeah. So I um, not only... Um, that I have to learn the business side, but I also had to learn, well, what does it take to produce a product? That's so um, I joined organizations um, in the Independent Beauty Association mm. where there it's a slew of us that have um, businesses in skincare, cosmetics. And that's where I started to find out more about vendors. I found out more about equipment. Um, they offer um, classes, um, workshops on those topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to Google being for just Googling, okay, uh, packaging, you mm-hmm. know, how do I package a product? How do I get boxes, labels, and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to other um, product makers or others in the industry and found out, well, what vendors are you using? Mm-hmm. And um, some of them actually supplied me with their um, contractors to use. And so that's how I got into the process. It was, I would definitely say it was a hit or miss because there were some, you know, there were a lot of mistakes on the way, a lot of failures on the way, Mm -hmm. but that was a part of the learning process for Mm -hmm. me. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take to kind of find that right fit in terms of your packaging? Mm -hmm. Was that like a six months process, a year? I would say it took me, for the initial packaging, it took me about uh, six months. Okay. Um, and I would say um, uh, it, it's not my own doing. The designer that I uh, that I have, she's a great designer, mm-hmm. has great insight. I think more for me was um, I just wanted to get it right. I'm such a perfectionist, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it took me a long time to actually make a final decision. Okay, this is how I want the packaging to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And walk us through kind of what your products are. So mm-hmm. if we're on the mm-hmm. website, what yeah. can we buy? So on our website, we have two products. One is the Nueki Pre-Cleanser, which is a gentle facial cleanser for those that um, find that using the cleansers on the market are irritating to their skin. And then we have the Nueki Moisture Therapy Cream, which is a great moisturizer for all skin types. Um, and that moisturizer is great um, in any climate. Um, it doesn't leave the um, shiny feel to the skin, but gives a nice sheen. Um, soon we'll have some new products, about uh, 10 new SKUs. Really? Um, yeah. What are you bringing um, to market? Can so, you talk about it yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll be bringing to market um, two kits. Um, each kit will have four products, a cleanser, toner, moisturizer, and treatment serum. So one kit will address acne and the other kit will address hyperpigmentation or the dark spots that you um, tend to deal with whenever there's any inflammation or acne 
um, on the skin. So, and it's a beautiful website. N U E K I E Nueki. N as in Nancy. U as an umbrella. E as an elephant. K as in kangaroo. I as an igloo. E is an elephant.com. <laughs> Noeki. Noeki.com. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So, yeah, we're um, preparing to launch those in February. Okay. Um, so, we're putting um, the finishing touches, packaging, of course, and February sourcing is a good all of that. Month. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. Yeah. And um, we're keeping um, in along with the theme of using a lot of African plants. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that. really big. Well, it's a big um, philosophy for me because I am African. My family's from Ghana, Mm -hmm. West Africa. And um, I believe that there's a whole host of plants that have not been recognized or have not been um, really researched on that could actually um, provide um, healing to our skin and other ailments in our bodies. Um, You know, across Africa, tribes use a lot of plants and herbs to treat all kinds of conditions and I think that um, it's something that needs to be explored and it, it goes beyond just shea butter right you know there's so many we different see. plants out we there. hang our entire head yeah. with shea butter <laughs> yeah I love shea butter but there's so much more to Africa than just that we yeah. know a lot um, about traditional Chinese medicine because it's well documented mm-hmm. by the Chinese mm-hmm. and how they use their plants and create um, formulas. But in Africa, it's it's it has that has not been done, and that is the area that I want to um, explore. And I think there's opportunity not only to be able to create great products for people of color using African plants, but I also think there's an opportunity for farmers and the agriculture industry to be able to um, harness that power and be able to provide um, a a source of income for farmers. Huge economic development. Mm -hmm. I've got two final questions, and these came actually from our assistant, Marcia. She (laughs) wants to know about the validity of basic homemade skincare products oh, that's a good versus question. what you're doing in your lab and yeah. so forth. So um, I, I have nothing against homemade skincare products. Um, I think one of the issues with, with that is typically when it, it's um, not made by a scientist or it's made at home, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have access to a lot of the testing equipment mm. or um, protocols that we, you would use to make um, the product. Um, I would say that um, typically, you know, the products that are made at home, they typically be the uh, the, the body butters or maybe the hair um, products and things of that nature. And they use a lot of, you know, oils and a lot of the common ingredients that you would see used in the um, cosmetic industry. Um, it's um, I wouldn't say that the products are bad, but I would say that some of the things that are that may be missing is, again, like the testing, such as gotcha. for microbial um, issues. Mm. Um, you want to make sure that you have a product that is not going to grow microbes. Mm. Yeah. So and the so education if, is really. Yeah, exactly. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Let me ask this last question. We've got just about a minute uh, in regard to the phrase black don't crack. <laughs> the melanated skin. Yeah. In your research, have you found that to be true? So I say black doesn't crack, but it sags. It sags. Yes. Oh boy, does it so, sag. So, um, <laughs> yes, we do have um, uh, fiber cells that give us that youthful skin. 
And um, there's other um, elements such as hyaluronic acid that's in the skin naturally mm -hmm. that gives us that youthful look. But over time, if you notice that our skin tends to sag mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. Mm. And so, um, yes, we do age, but we age a lot slower. slower. But right. we still need that anti-aging regimen to maintain our youthful look. Eunice, this was too fast. I have to have you back. I want to talk <laughs> more about what you're doing in Ghana and the Philippines and uh -huh. all of that. And I want yeah. to hear more of your story and oh, your success. Yes. In the meantime, Nueki.com, right? We mm -hmm. can follow you on Instagram yes. and on Facebook, mm -hmm. N-U-E-K-I-E. Correct, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much again for your work. Thank you so much. I appreciate for sure. you. We'll be back in just a moment. Excellence is being able to perform at a high level for a long period of time. The next level success is just a step away. Stay tuned. Black Wall Street Today will be right back after a word from our underwriting sponsors. When the conversation is good and the friends are even better, you'll find a wine that brings it all together. Shoe Crazy Wine. Remember that name, Shoe Crazy Wine. Available at Costco, Kroger, and these other fine retailers. Peace. I'm your brother, Crook. I have a new podcast called Snatched. Sorry. You're about to get snatched. It's the best of my YouTube channel from TV. You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. In audio mastered format. Snatch and run! On Blueberry, Android, the Edgy Podcast, Stitcher, Digital Podcast, and Speaker. Ever experienced what snatching is like? Let's get free or die trying to save our nation and children. Let's get free or die trying to save our nation and children. Let's get free or die trying to save our nation and children. Come on, Christians. You are now. Word up. You are now in a high power mix with Positive Vibes Entertainment at www.positivevibes.net. Holla into the mix. Into the mix. You've been rocking to the revolutionary sounds of Positive Vibes Entertainment. Positive Vibes Entertainment is available for your wedding reception, family reunion, praise party, or any other event. Our website is www.positivevibes.net. We hope that you will be blessed, stay blessed, and be a blessing. Blessing, 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 and now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham on Smooth 88.1 WHOV. Welcome back to the 67th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. It's time for our new segment for 2020, and that is Money Talk, brought to you by Apex Financial with Mr. Anthony Epps and Michael Gray. Gentlemen, how are you today? Great. Excellent. Excellent. It's great to see you both. I'm excited about what we're going to share. I understand we're going to focus on debt relief today. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Give us some insight as to the problem with debt in America, particularly with our community. Okay, for starters, debt is a crisis. Uh, matter of fact, uh, debt is a limit to most households in America. Mm. And it tends to be a problem for most of us because uh, debt uh, tends to cause stress. Uh, debt and stress are related. Sure. And so a lot of times when we're overextended, uh, we tend to have uh, more stress uh, in our household when we deal with financial health. And so just for starters, 
I like to give some statistics out so that the audience can understand how serious uh, this problem really is. Yes. Okay. First of all, almost 87% of all American families are in debt. Okay. All right. That's the first fact. Uh, the second fact is the average American uh, now has about $38,000, okay, in personal debt. This includes credit cards, auto loans, personal loans, school loans. That's about $38,000, which excludes mortgages. Okay. Also, wow. too, uh, the medium housing uh, debt is about 93000 okay? Mm. Uh, okay? Now, when you look at the total amount of consumer debt uh, in our country, it's, about, it's over $1 trillion, okay? And that's divided by 128 million people. Wow. Also, too, uh, it's been recorded, and these are facts, by the way, okay? Uh, the average uh, debt per household is $132,000, okay? All right. Uh, the total U.S. consumer debt is at about $13.86 Okay, this includes mortgages, auto loans, credit cards, student loans, okay? And so when you look at debt, okay, debt is a real, real, real serious problem. It sounds and, like uh, debt is the American way. It is American way, and uh, we have gotten accustomed to it. And uh, mm. so when you look at uh, what we're doing, basically, uh, we're continuing to get into debt. But the problem with debt is we don't understand the components of debt. Okay, we don't understand Break how it interest down for works. Us. Help us. Okay, for example, uh, we look at credit cards. Okay, the average person when they look at a credit card, they look at the interest rate and they look at the payments. But what they don't understand is that credit cards. Okay, uh, we have to look at what we call the daily interest charge on credit cards. Uh, every single day, if you carry a balance on a credit card, okay, you've been charged what we call a daily interest charge. And that basically is compounding each day off the balance of the debt. That's the one they don't tell us about. They don't tell you about that. So you have your APR. Which you divide that by 365 days, which give you your daily rate. Oh, and then you wow. take that rate and multiply that times your balance. And that gives you how much money you pay per day in interest on that balance. And each day it carries over because it's compounding. So for example... If I have a $3,000 balance today, okay. okay, and if my APR is 15%, okay, all right, it's going to give me what I call my daily rate, which will calculate to a daily interest. In this particular case, if it's $3,000, my daily interest is about $1.23 a day, which means that that $123 is added to $3,000. And then the next day, they come back and recalculate. So it's compounding. Oh. So the interest is daily and it's compounding. So that's mm -hmm. the nemesis with credit cards. And that's the reason why most people can't really pay off credit cards because what they do, they pay the minimum, which is 2% on the average, 3%. Mm -hmm. And all you're doing is covering basically your interest. And that's why most credit cards, people tend to never pay them off, okay? So that's a problem, okay? You need a whole class, really, before you start getting into debt. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you don't get. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, what we want to talk about today, really, is a couple of rules. I'm going to give one rule, then I'm going to let Ms. Epps speak about the components of how we can get you out of debt in less than nine years. Okay, let's uh, do it. The first rule is what we call the 2836 rule. Okay. Okay, real simple. Uh, the first rule, if you have a mortgage, your mortgage shouldn't be no more than... 28% of your gross monthly income, okay? All right? So, for example, uh, if you're paying over 20%, okay, of your gross monthly income towards a mortgage, that means that you're paying a little too much, okay? 28%. A lot of times people are paying 35 40% to service a mortgage, hmm. which is causing them to be really overstended. 
Uh, the 36. Now, is this like a federal regulation that it can't be more than 30%? No, no. I mean, or mortgage, just company, saying... mortgage companies, they will approve most people with 30%, 35%. Wow. But I'm saying, as a rule of thumb, to keep yourself out of debt stress, mm-hmm. okay? All right? You need to keep your mortgage around 20% of your gross monthly income. Okay? Gotcha. All right? Okay. And 36 is called 2836. 36 represents the total amount of uh, service. That's the total amount of service debt. Okay, for example, if I was making a $10,000 a month gross income, 36% should be what I call total service of all my debt. Okay. In this case, it would be $3,600. Okay. okay. So if you're over 36%, okay, on debt service, okay, mm-hmm. I'm saying debt service, that includes mortgages, credit cards, car loans, student loans, personal loans, things of that nature, then you're pretty much overstending yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's a rule that most people don't look at uh, when they look 36%. at... 36%. 36%, right. Total service debt. 36% of gross monthly income should be the guideline to show you that you're within the ratios. If you go over those ratios, then that's the reason why we have a lot of problems. That's why we have a lot of problems with people with debt because they tend to what? Overstand themselves. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's one How rule. can you help us? Well, one rule is basically you got to start looking at ways to uh, uh, get out of debt. And we have programs here that can help individuals to get rid of that 36%. Okay. Can you imagine if you had 36% of debt that's gone and that 36% coming to your pocket in your bank account every month? It will increase a lot of wealth. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about a program that will help you eliminate that 36%. That includes your mortgage, credit cards, student loans, personal loans. We have a program that we can show you how you can get all that paid off in nine years or less without any additional money coming out your budget, okay? So I'm going to let myself talk to you about that very briefly, how the program works. Okay. Okay. Well, the debt relief program is a very strategic program that is being utilized for individuals and businesses who want to uh, get out of debt in less than nine years. Um, It's a proven fact if people want to do that, they can utilize this system and we'll be more than glad to sit down with them and show them how this can be done. Uh, Actually, we really want people to take the time if they're serious about getting out of debt to have an opportunity to come in uh, to talk with us so we can show them how to relieve that debt. As Mr. Gray said, <clears throat> it's a nemesis. And, um, but there's a system and a formula that can be utilized if utilized a proper way can help them get out of debt and be relieved and be able to save that money for themselves for retirement and other things they may want to do in their life. That's huge. How can you be contacted? Well, we can be contacted by phone 757-640-0207 or by email 0207, okay. Apex underscore of underscore VA at yahoo.com. And we're located at 355 Crawford Street in the city of Portsmouth, Suite 320. Reiterate that, 757-640-0207. If you want to learn more about the debt relief program, get that debt down to nine years or less, apex underscore of underscore VA at yahoo.com. And that's 355 Crawford Street, Suite 320. Suite 320. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. We look forward to next week's edition of Money Talk, where we'll be covering business capitalization. Business capitalization. We've been talking about how we can help small business owners to get capitalization for their business. And we have actually ways to help individuals who are struggling with local banks. We have programs that could be a blessing to you to help get you some capital. Okay. Awesome. We look forward to it. This Money Talk has been brought to you by Apex Financial Group of Virginia, 757-640-0207. Or you can email them at apex underscore of underscore VA at yahoo.com. Or visit them in person at 355 Crawford Street, Suite 320 there in downtown Portsmouth. A couple of announcements as we're transitioning to our last segment. Calling all social entrepreneurs. Are you a uh, social entrepreneur at heart? Are you someone who has a cause in mind? Would you like to start a nonprofit or have you already gotten a nonprofit underway? We invite you to join us this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Cutlass Grow Restaurant in Chesapeake. We will have Hampton University's own J.R. Locke in the building. He'll be providing nonprofit strategy as well as uh, instruction as to how to properly structure a board of directors. So you certainly want to join us then. It is this Saturday from 11 a.m to 1 p.m. at the Cutlass Grill Restaurant for our Brunch and Learn. Uh, our Again, our focus is nonprofit strategy and board development. Also coming up for Black Brand is Membership Week. You'll want to join us Sunday, January 26th through February 1st. We've got all kinds of events and activities. You can get more information online at www.blackbrand.biz or via Black Brand Biz at Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to meeting many of you in person. And now for our second guest, the lovely and beautiful Miss Avina Afora. For those that don't know, she is a Ghanaian immigrant, a healthcare practitioner, a fashion designer, a natural hairstylist, a cooking fanatic, a motivational speaker, and a mentor. She is all of those things. Josephine is popularly known by her peers, family, and clients as Abena. Abena is the owner and founder of Abena Afora Fashion and Natural Hair Salon in Norfolk, a business she proudly runs with the support of her beloved husband, Kwabena. She's well known for her fashion brand, Abena Afora, which started as an idea to give a voice to the voiceless uh, Ghanaian young lady in the diaspora while in nursing school. Avena's goal is to bridge the gap through Africans and African-Americans, not through, between Africans and African-Americans through her creativity, which includes fashion design, hairstyling, and cooking. Avena also does annual events and has her second Step Into African Royalty fashion show coming up on January 31st. We're so excited to welcome you. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Claire. Thank you so much for this opportunity. No, thank you so much for being here finally. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the show. You've got to tell your story. Please um, tell us how you got here. To America? No. How did you arrive at this place where you knew that fashion and beauty and hair and makeup and all of this would be your thing? God's plan. I would say, yeah, living in God's plan and finding myself. So I started in nursing school. I've always been a creative person. Anything that has to do with your hands and your heart, that's me. You know, caring to a fault and just very handy. So Mm -hmm. I think that God used all my creativity and I never see anything to be ugly. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was young and you know, my, I remember my aunties and my mother, when they dress up, they always will want to come to me first and ask my opinion because they always say that, Abby, no matter what, short form for Abna is Abby. 
Abby, no matter what, will never see anything ugly. She will never say anything ugly or nasty. She sees beauty in everything. So then I'll compliment and then I'll find a way to fix what I think needs to be fixed by not making you feel like it's not good enough. You know what I mean? So it's that like that. What a gift. Yeah. <laughs> that level of grace and yeah. tact to be able to pull something together. Mm-hmm. But go on. Yeah. That's just the beginning, right? That's just the beginning, yeah. I have always seen beauty in, in everything. Um, recently, we were having, there was a client at the show getting a hair done. And as we were talking, um, I was talking to another client and she kept saying that, oh, she tells everybody that. She tells everybody that. So I turned and said, what are you saying? And she said, you tell everybody they're beautiful. I thought you made me feel special by saying I'm beautiful. And I said, no, every, everybody's beautiful in my eyes. But I've always seen beauty. And where there's no beauty, I have a way of seeing how to kind of, you know, tweak things. And it's always with the fashions. I can just look at somebody and I know what colors to put on them and how to design something to fit their body type. Yeah. It's just, I just have that gift. And I, I say it scores fun and scores well. Yeah. And the same thing, I can just know, I will know how to put it together from your hair to from the crowns of your hair to the soles of your feet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So your outfits, then I'll find a way to complement it with the hairstyle. Yeah. Makeup is really not my thing. Yeah. Um, I believe in natural raw beauty, authentic beauty. But um, makeup is a, a form of refinement. Sure. So because of the industry I'm in, I like to add makeup to it because I feel like makeup kind of also complements the overall look of fashion and then their hair. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other question again? The food? Well, well, I definitely want to talk about the food. But I really <laughs> want to hone in on your story because mm-hmm. I think it's so important. Yeah. People will sometimes go all the way down one road. Yeah. You know, only to get back to the thing mm-hmm. that was in them from yeah. the very beginning. And I think that's definitely the case for you and yeah. I think for our listeners too. You know, they may not be on on the purpose road. Yeah. They may be on the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so just to hear you say that you can still arrive. Yeah, you can. Without, you mm-hmm. know, you'll still get there. Mm-hmm. So, so where were you? You were in nursing school. I was in nursing school. I'm a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've always been a woman of faith. But I didn't really understand the scripture that says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you just say it without really understanding what you're saying. You know, we've always said it, um, fearfully and wonderfully. It's part of the prayers. Uh, it's part of our daily prayer. So then, you know, it took me a while to understand that. And when I understood that, everything connected for me. Sure. So when the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, what does that word fearfully mean? You are brave. You are here to fulfill the purpose beyond the understanding of a human being. You know, it is God who implants purpose and gifts in us. Mm -hmm. You know, we are here to fulfill His greater purpose. And how do you fulfill His greater purpose? You have to understand that scripture that says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I was this very shy, um, very shy, timid. I remember one lady used to call me a wimp. You know, I was that person. I was very shy, quiet, um, keep to myself. I still have that side, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, keeps to myself uh, trying to see and everybody thought I was so caring and uh, everybody knows me to be very caring I won't say thought um, knows me to be a very caring person so working as a caregiver all the homes I lived in 64 homes so every home I'll go to they'll say you're so caring you should become a doctor you're so caring 64 homes 64 homes yeah Um, as a caregiver Mm mm-hmm working with what population seniors okay. i was working with seniors and I, wow. that's part of the grace that has gotten me thus far mm-hmm. you know um that was one of the ways that i i i dodged homelessness homelessness because you know i didn't know anybody in america 
I really didn't know anybody in America. And I think um, this part really surprised me when I say I came to America with $25. And with the hope that I was here to, I didn't even think I was here to stay. I thought I was just here to make some money and go back home. I didn't know anything about the system, nothing. You know, and I was given the opportunity. I got a visa through school. So I was given the opportunity to come to America. I was so clueless. You know, and I had my whole family watching and hoping that things would get better through me. You know, so I was, I, I, I compare myself sometimes to the story of the story in the Bible about Joseph. You know, it's in, a, in an interesting way. Yeah. yeah. I was here to kind of help make things better for my family. So it's always been at the back of my head. Everything I do, that's why I connect everything back home to Ghana. And that's why I also do not take credit because my story does not make sense. It makes you see the glory of God in one's life. And um, so... Anyway, so I do um, living in 64 homes and hearing people telling me a million times and my background is in biology. I did biological science in Ghana. I've always wanted to become a doctor every ever since I was young. But I thought because I was so caring, I'm so caring, I'm so attentive to detail. I'm very, very attentive to detail, sure. especially when it comes to people. I listen, I'm there, you know, so I thought because of that, I had to become a doctor. And anytime you associate, like you think of a caring person, you think of the medical field, a nurse or a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was my area. So the creative side, I didn't think that it was a, it was a skill that I would have to use. I thought it was just a, it's a, it's a passion, you know. Right. I remember when I finished secondary school. I dismissed school. it, right? Mm. If I use it, I use it. If I don't, I don't. And my father, mm -hmm. being my mother has three, three girls. I, we are all girls. And my father, you know, being a typical African man. I remember when I finished secondary school, which is high school in um, America. Okay. Secondary school, I wanted to go to, and there's a beauty school. In a, in a, it was a beauty school in our neighborhood. So I told my mother I wanted to go to beauty school and then how to do hair and how to do fashion stuff. You know, the fashion thing I had, I know how I can put it together easily, but I thought I should learn and make it more of something. I didn't know then. So I remember I told my father, my father said, ah, what a waste. You know, like, he didn't see the relevance in in fashion in in building that passion or gifts that I had in my hand mm -hmm. but now look at where it's brought me yeah. so um, found myself in nursing school school I was advised by lots um, some of the families I had lived with and they told me you know what you should apply to nursing school and see and I got into the TCC and OD concurrent nursing program okay. so while I was in nursing school um, it was the Ebola season I was the only African girl in my class. It was which season? Ebola. The, the oh, time where Ebola was being yes, everywhere. Everybody was talking you. about Ebola, yeah. Yes. And I was the only African girl in my class. And I was just, I was sit at the corner, go mind my business. And I had never been around people my age my age before. Mm. You know, they, um, the older folks will always call me an old soul because I've always lived with seniors. I've never lived with my age mates or had been outside of a senior citizen's home. I'm always, even through nursing school, I was we know you love jazz music, so let's try some jazz music with a little R&B flavor. What about some jazz music with a little trap flavor? Jazz and Caribbean. Hey, we mix it up. So, online, look for Grandpa Crunk and enjoy the great jazz music. Grandpa Crunk. Jazz music. Hey, this is Seiko. 
DJ Seiko Varner, the producer of this podcast. So when I'm not producing podcasts, I'm actually DJing wedding receptions, corporate events, proms, other formals. And I would love to take care of your special event. So our company is Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. That's www.positivevibes.net. We've been performing for over 25 years, and we would love to bring our expertise and our fun to your special event. Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. Peace and prosperity. Working out, still working as a caregiver for seniors here. So I was so new to that world where I didn't have friends. I didn't know any, I didn't have friends. It was not part of my lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know. But I look back now and I go like, wow, God was preparing me for this point that he's brought me to because had I had friends then, I may have been distracted. distracted. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, I started in nursing school and um, the Ebola season. And um, so I went to class and they were talking about Africa in such a negative way. Yes. You know, and then one of one person, I have a friend. I had a friend who didn't want to sit next to me because she was thinking that if you sit next to somebody from Africa, Ebola was that. That was how naive wow. people were. So I didn't. I was. I didn't get offended by that. I thought, oh, they don't know. Mm-hmm. So on my way home, I was like, hmm, I want to. I don't go by my African name. People don't know my African name, Abnafo. I always hide. You know, I wanted to fit into that American box where. You know, I wanted to belong mm-hmm. because I didn't have, I didn't see more people like me. So I'm trying to belong, but I'm not, be, I, I can't fit in because I'm different, you know. So I wasn't fitting in. So on my way home, I had this strong desire to go back to class the next day in my own designs, in my own clothing. Wow. Yeah, that's how it started. I went back home, decided that the next day I'm going to go to class in an African design. I left my hair out in a big bun, a puff style. I was so confident. I was, it was time. Something was just talking to me. And yeah. it's the part is the the voice of God. I believe. when was this? This was in 2014. Okay, 2014. Okay. Yeah. So something was speaking to me. So I went home, changed in my um. The next day, went to class in my African outfit, my hair in a big puff, and I had my mom mix all the jewelries that I the jewelry in like in the shop, the beaded jewelry. So I had some of my mom's jewelry on me. At that time, my mom was in America. The things when people go to Ghana, she would give them things to bring to me. Sure. So I had her jewelry with me, and I went to class. And for the very first time, they they were all all eyes was on my English name, like Josephine. All eyes was on me, and I didn't do that for, to seek attention. I just wanted to change the narrative from the negative way people were talking about Africa, about Ebola. I just wanted to change the narrative, and I was just following a voice. Something was talking to me. Something and it's the power of God right Mm -hmm. so then I got to class and then my professor came to class and she said wow Josephine the first time she mentioned my name in class Mm. look just it looks so beautiful so I was like wow like you know it it, it took me by surprise and she said I'd like to see you after class so after class she asked me oh I love your outfit where'd you get it from I love what you're wearing she was so intrigued by them I said well I made the outfits my mom makes the beats and she was like wow she was really like intrigued so I got home and I'd received an email from my professor asking me that everything, my, my pharmacology professor, I want to buy everything that he had on. How much would it cost me? And that's how Abnafo started. Right then and there. That's how Abnafo started. It is like, that's wow. when I was like, I have something, yes. you know, no, that's you, how it's amazing. Yeah, that's how I started. But there's more to it. 
Because after I, went, I got the order for my professor, I went to class, everybody was now telling me about, oh, your designs. Your, I started now becoming more comfortable in wearing some of my designs. And, mm -hmm. you know, I invested money into, I went to Walmart, I bought a few things from Walmart. I was just trying to, I had, I always had fabrics, African fabrics with me, but I never wore it because nobody was wearing it. Nobody, you go on the streets and nobody has color on. Mm -hmm. Nobody was wearing and nobody, you don't hear people by my name. Like you don't hear people calling names like my names on the streets or in class. So, so I was just the only one. And sometimes I was just having a conversation with um, um, the lady, just Eunice's yeah. husband in the front before um, before she came out. I was talking to him and I said, you know, um, the, one of the things that when I came here was so slow and I was like, ah, oh, Virginia is so slow and it's so dull. But I thank God because through the, you, it's easy to now, because it's not common to see people like me here, it's easy to now create your own opportunity and to stand out. Mm -hmm. Because had I been in a place where everybody looked like me or everybody had my name or everybody was in African designs, I don't think that I would have pushed myself to this point. I mean. yeah. We've got two minutes left. Please okay. tell us about your upcoming fashion show. Okay, so Abnafro Fashion Show is going to be, well, one of my purpose, my goal is to bridge the gap between Africans and African-Americans. Mm -hmm. And the reason I want to do that is because of my story of, of how I started and where I see the disconnect. And especially owning the shop, um, you see a lot of people come and there's, there's lots of naiveness about their culture or about African culture. So I want to use my passion and my design, my passion, my gifts in creativity to bridge the gap by, you know, creating events like the fashion show that is coming up on January 31st to bridge the gap and to show more of the authentic side of our culture. So on January 31st, we're going to have the second annual fashion show um, themed Step, in, Step into African Royalty at the Zydus American Dream Theater from 6 to 9 p.m. There's free parking. Um, it's a beautiful location. There's going to be a host of um, talents performing. We have 15 African Black-owned businesses going to be there. And we are also giving away a free... Um, a free all expense paid trip to Ghana. So when you buy a ticket of $40, VIP tickets are sold out. When you buy a ticket of $40, which the regular tickets, including the VIP tickets, you enter into a live raffle, which qualifies you into winning a free all expense paid trip to Ghana. And that is part of my passion, which is um, like connecting people back to the motherland and showing the beauty in um, becoming one, unifying and becoming one people. Yeah. Abena, I'm going to yeah. try not to cry. Yeah. Thank you so much for your gifts and your passion um, about it all. We have to have you, you back. We're going to do a part two of this, this same show because there's thank so you. much more to both of you. Thank you so much. I love much. your story. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being an inspiration. Let's thank all show you. up to the fashion show. Yeah. January 31st. January 31st, yes. It's 9 p.m. It's a Friday. Insiders Dream Theater. Yes. Where can we get tickets? Are they available online? Um, get them in person? Abnafo.com and you can also pick up physical tickets at the shop. Abnafo.com A-B-E-N-A-O-F-O-R-O A-B-E-N-A-A-F-O-R-O A-F-O-R-O dot com dot com. Yeah. Alright, we'll be back in just a moment. Thank okay. you. The biggest financial asset that you have going for you by miles is the value of your own earning power over the years. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. More important business insights are on the way. Stay locked in. Black Wall Street Today will be right back after these messages. I'm not a hunter, but I'm told that uh, in places like in the Arctic, where indigenous people uh, sometimes might might hunt a wolf. They, they'll, they'll take a double-edged blade 
and they'll put blood on the blade and they'll melt the ice and stick the handle in the ice so that only the, the, the blade is protruding and that a wolf will smell the blood and wants to eat and it'll come and lick the blade trying to eat. And what happens is when the, when the wolf licks the blade, of course, uh, he cuts his tongue and he bleeds and he thinks he's really having a good thing. He drinks and he licks and he licks and of course he's drinking his own blood and he kills himself. That's what the imperialists did to us with crack cocaine. You got these young brothers out there thinking that they're getting something that they're going to make a living with. They're getting something. They can buy a car like the thing that is something that's bringing resources to them, but they're killing themselves just like the wolf who's licking the blade and they're slowly dying without knowing it. That's what's happening to the community. You with me on that? That's exactly and precisely what happens to the community. That's the thing that we have to understand. Welcome, welcome back. This has been really incredible. Our show featuring business women of the African diaspora. Just wanted to share these couple of statistics with you all in closing. Did you know that women started 1,821 net new businesses every day in 2019? Wow. 64% of new women-owned businesses were started by women of color last year. 64%. There are 114% more women entrepreneurs than there were 20 years ago, right? So women are getting out of the workforce in droves. And the last statistic I'll share pertains to capital. This is something that we're going to discuss at length next week. We're going to talk about capitalization for your businesses. And part of the reason why we're going to have that conversation is because women receive just 7% of venture funds for their startups. So 93% of venture funds are going to men, but only 7% are going to women. That's a problem. And that's something that, um, that we need to learn more about. So we're very, very grateful to our guest for today's show. Wasn't it an incredible time with Eunice Coffee of Nueki. N-U-E-K-I-E dot com is where you can go to view more information about the products that she makes and distributes. Again, it's Nueki. N as in Nancy, U as an umbrella, E as an elephant, K as in kangaroo, I as an igloo, E as an elephant dot com. Nueki, Nueki dot com. I hope you'll visit the website as well as uh, grateful to Miss Abigail Fora, who has been sponsoring this show for quite some time. You can get more information about her upcoming fashion show, which sold out last year. Over 300 attendees at the American Ziders Dream Theater there in Virginia Beach. A-B-E-N-A-A-F-O-R-O. So A is an apple, B is in Bob, E is an elephant, N is in Nancy, A is an apple, A is an apple, F is in Frank, O is an Oscar, R is in Robert, O is an Oscar. Abinaforo.com. You can get more information. You can purchase tickets there. This show has been brought to you by Avenue Forest Salon, Milestone Mental Health Agency, and Apex Financial Group. We're super excited. We're building minds. We're building connections. We're forging the path ahead toward business success in the Black community. We look forward to talking next week. Thanks so much. Phenomenal. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, 
Wall Street. Black. Black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black. Black. Uh, black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.